Welcome to the Story Apothecary, a podcast filled with medicinal and healing stories. My name is Nana Tomova, and I'm a storyteller and a pharmacist, and stories and medicines which I dispense. In this podcast, you will find my prescriptions of stories for the body, mind, heart, and soul. So I invite you to join me as we enter the healing world of stories together. Story Apothecary. I'm so glad you chose to join me again today. I've been looking forward to recording this story for a while and I wanted to say that your your support and Patreon is what makes it possible for me to keep me going and if you would like to support me on Patreon uh, I will be delighted and then you get to hear extra contents um, of, of stories, audio stories like this, or video stories, or you get to hear about seasonal folklore and all sorts of wonderful and magical things. And details on how to support me on Patreon can be found in the show notes. And before I tell you today's story, I wanted to let you know of another project which you may be interested in. Um, I've been planning a crowdfunder campaign for quite some time and I'm excited to let you know that it's going live on Wednesday the 29th of July at 7pm and I will be hosting a digital launch party and the, de- the details you can find uh, in the link notes, uh, in, the, in the show notes underneath. And there I'll be telling some stories live and also talking about this project and answering any questions. And the, the crowdfunder campaign is really to support uh, a mental health storytelling project. Um, this is a result of a, of a master's in clinical research, which I finished um, not too long ago. And that looked at the experience of several individuals in mental health with psychosis who were taking medication. And... My hope for this project is to decrease public stigma around mental health, increase compassion and empathy and really raise awareness uh, of mental health and of psychosis. So the project will combine my work as a storyteller and as a mental health professional and it will give voice to people whose experience is all too often silent. So please have a look at the event and I'll also put the crowdfunder link in there and when it goes live on the 29th of July you'll be able to to support this project um, if you are interested in doing so by um, putting in a donation. There are as little as £2 and uh, they grow bigger and bigger and for that you receive more and more rewards. I am recording this in mid-July when things are looking hopeful and I'm very much rooted in nature at the moment and I'm enjoying the greenery and I'm enjoying the golden fields of barley 
and I'm enjoying being woken by the swifts and the swallows song in the morning as they dive in the fields and make great circles in the sky and that I'm really loving. We are also living in a time of uncertainty, a time of anger, a time of suffering, a time of violence. And it's easy for things to be overwhelming, for things to feel like they're too much sometimes, to be walking the tightrope of, of confusion. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we could feel something else, if we could see something else, if we could receive some sort of wisdom, some sort of hope from somewhere. And that's what stories are for. I'd like to tell you a tale that I came across a few years ago and I was reminded of it when I was taking a walk in the South Downs and I came across a snake. It was a... Uh, a young slithering snake on the path in front of me and it reminded me of the story and it's come at a good time. Uh, this is a story about culture, I think, and society and uh, that it informs what we do and the choices that we take. And it's a, a wonderful tale which comes from Georgia it's a tale called The Serpent and the Peasant, although you may recognise it as a tale which you may know as The Snake of Dreams, which was retold by Hugh Lupton. Uh, this is the original one. The one I'm going to tell you is based on the original one. And um, Georgia is a country on the other side of the Black Sea, um, on the other side of, of where I was born. Um... And this story is from there, so I hope you enjoy it. was once a happy king and he was happy and everybody in his kingdom whether they were great or small human or animal every single creature in his kingdom was also happy and they were joyful and they were glad but one day this king saw a vision in his sleep in his dream there was a fox and that fox hung from the ceiling with its tail. The brush of the fox remained suspended in the air and all he could see was the face of the fox dangling on top of his head. He awoke in a fright and no matter what he, how much he thought he could not ascertain what this dream signified. Well, like any king, in the morning he assembled all his viziers. He asked them what this dream could mean, but 
none of them, none of them knew. And so then he gave orders. Assemble all my kingdom together. Perhaps someone may interpret it. And the orders were given and people came from far and wide. On the third day, all the people of his kingdom assembled in the king's palace. Among all others, there was a poor peasant. He had travelled a great way to get there. And during his travel, he had gone through a narrow footpath. And on this footpath, on both sides, they were shut by a rocky mountain. And as he went into this pass, this narrow pass, he saw a serpent lying on the path, stretching out its neck and putting out its slithering tongue, basking in the sunshine. The peasant went near and the serpent called out, Good day. Where are you going, peasant? The peasant told the snake what was the matter, that the king had had a dream and everybody was called to the palace to tell the king what this dream might mean. And the serpent replied, Do not fear him. Give me your word that whatever the king gives you, you shall share with me and I will teach you. The peasant rejoiced and gave his word and swore, saying, I will bring you what the king presents to me, if you will aid me in this matter. And the serpent said, I shall divide it in halves, and half will be mine. And so when you see the king say, The fox meant this. But in the kingdom, there is cunning, hypocrisy, treachery. When the peasant reached there, he approached the king, bowed to him and told him what the serpent had taught him. Well, the king was very much pleased. This is the best answer he had heard in days. And he gave this peasant great presents. But the peasant? Well, the peasant did not return by that way, so that he might not share with the serpent what his present was, and he went via a different path. Time passed by. The king, the king in his dreams had another vision. In his dream, a naked sword hung suspended from the roof, just with its tip gleaning inches away from the king's head. Well, again, the king woke up in a panic and he called everybody, all his viziers, to, to ask him what could this dream mean. But again, nobody knew. So he at once sent word for this man, the, the peasant that was there before, to come and tell him what his vision might mean. 
The peasant, as you might think, as you might imagine, he was very uneasy in mind. But there was nothing for it. The peasant went by the same footpath as before. He came to that place where he saw the serpent before. But now he saw the serpent no more. He cried out, O oh, serpent, serpent, come here once again, come here, I need you. And he ceased not shouting until the serpent came. And the serpent asked, What do you want? What distresses you? And the peasant answered, This, and this is the matter, I would like some help. And the serpent replied, Go, go and tell the king that the naked sword means war. Enemies are intriguing within and without. He must prepare for battle and attack. The peasant thanked the serpent and he went forth. He came and told the king, even as the serpent had commanded. The king was pleased. He began to prepare for war and gave the peasant great presents. Now the peasant went by that path where the serpent was waiting. And the serpent said, Now give me half of what you promised. The peasant replied, Half? Ha! Certainly not. I shall give you a black stone and a burning cinder. And he drew out his sword and pursued the snake. The serpent retreated into a hole, but the peasant followed it and cut off his tail with his sword. More time passed. And the king again had a vision in the night. In this vision this time, a slain sheep was hanging from the roof, the carcass of a dead sheep hanging. The king sent a man quickly for the peasant. The peasant was now very much afraid. And he thought, how can I approach the king? Well, before the serpent had helped him, he had taught him everything he knew, but now he could no longer do this. For he had wounded it with the sword. Nevertheless, he went by that footpath and he came to the place, the pass between the two great big rocky mountains and he cried out again, Oh serpent, serpent, please come here a moment, I want to ask you something. The serpent came. The man told his grief. The serpent said, If you give me half, of what the king gives you, I shall tell you. The peasant promised and he swore and the serpent said, this is a sign that now everywhere peace falls on all and all people are becoming like quiet, gentle sheep. The peasant thanked the serpent 
and went on his way. When he came to the king, he spoke as the serpent had instructed him. The king was exceedingly pleased and gave him even greater gifts. The peasant returned by the way where the serpent was waiting. He came to the serpent and he divided everything that he had received from the king. And he said, You have been patient with me, and now I would like to give you even what was given to me before by the king. He humbly asked for forgiveness from the serpent for his previous offences. And the serpent replied, Be not grieved nor troubled. It was certainly not your fault. The first time, when all the people were entirely deceitful, and there was treachery and hypocrisy in the land, you too were a deceiver. For in spite of your promises, you went home by another way. The second time, when there was war everywhere, quarrels and assassination, you too did quarrel with me and you cut off my tail. But now, when peace and love have fallen on all, you bring gifts and you share everything with me. Go, go brother in peace and may peace rest with you. I do not want your wealth. And the serpent, he went and cast himself back in his hole. And the peasant, the peasant went forth, back to his home up high in the mountains, with a sack which felt heavy on his back, full of the gift the king had given him. But with an extra piece of wisdom, the wisdom that was bestowed upon him by the wisest one of all, the serpent. So even though this story was written for the very first time, as far as we know, in 1931, that's when the, the book that it uh, originally comes from was published, I think this is a story very much for our time. This is a time of, of individualisation in many, in many places, in many countries. Those that are, are lucky to have people to be... Um, to grow up as individuals, to be individuals. And we think that we are all individuals. And we think that we think that we've been born this way. And we think that we make choices born out of us, of our own 
um, of our own minds, of our own hearts. And we go forth with those choices knowing that they are as individual as we are. And yet, and yet might there be something else? Might we be all more influenced by our culture and by our society than we could possibly think? Might we, we lie because there are lies and treachery in the world that we live in, like the fox hanging by its brush from the ceiling, and might we become violent and, uh, and, and feel angry because the society that we live in is so, and there is war and injustice signified by that sharp blade hanging from the ceiling. And at times where we feel peaceful and there is abundance, might that be because the surroundings that we live in are full of peace and abundance? So is there more than we think? Is there more that we could, could question? And certainly some philosophers like George Herbert Mead would say that the self arises in the process of social interaction and that people experience the self through the eyes of others. And there's another philosopher, there's Charles Horton Cooley, who thought that he came up with the concept of the looking glass self and describes how the self establishes within the framework of that person's social environment and people's concept of the self well, that arises from the reflection they, they receive from others. So are we not a product of our surroundings? And now there are many, many philosophers out there. There are many beliefs out there. But one thing that I've learned is that stories, stories hold true wisdom for us. And some stories are as old as time themselves Stories as, as old as, as humans are, as old as history, because humans are naturally tellers of stories. And so, next time that we see something that bothers us, or if we're lucky enough to be able to reflect on what we've done and, and see and look inwardly, and we've done something that we're not happy with, or something we regret. But maybe, just maybe, the way we grew up, what we were taught in school, how we were raised in our families, the country we live in at the moment, whether we live in peace or at war, whether we have enough to eat, conversations we have with people. Perhaps our surroundings and our cultures influence more than we think. And therefore, could those actions be attributed to our environments? And if so, what would we like to do about that? That's the question I'd like to, to ask for today. And that 
beautiful, wise serpent. May we listen to more wisdom like that in our days. Thank you for joining me in the Story Apothecary for healing and medicinal stories. I hope we'll meet again. Until next time.